listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. As we lead up to the 50th anniversary of the uprising in Detroit in the summer of 1967, the Secret Society of Twisted Storytellers, a recurring personal storytelling event here in Detroit, is inviting Detroiters and Metro Detroiters to tell their stories of the night the violence began in July of 1967. That event will be tomorrow, July 21st, at 8 p.m. at the Charles H. Wright Museum. And here to talk to me now about the Secret Society of Twisted Storytellers and this event is Satori Shakur, who is the host of Secret Society of Twisted Storytellers and WDET's Twisted Storytellers podcast. Satori, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, and good morning, Stephen, and yeah. good morning to Detroit and yeah. your listeners. I love this event because <laughs> all all of our lives are about stories, and what we remember most about the events that happened to us are the stories about it. That's what that's what the 1967 remembrance, I think, relies most heavily on is those memories. So the idea of getting people together to come out and share those stories, I think, is absolutely integral to the whole idea of commemorating this event. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we have uh, five storytellers, uh, two of which are sisters, uh, two years apart, one's 17, one 19, Loretta Holmes and her older sister, Mm -hmm. Carolyn Colvert, who were in The Blind Pig at the time it was raided. I've interviewed Loretta, and her story is absolutely riveting and mm-hmm. and she has such a clear and vivid memory of everything that happened mm-hmm. that night mm-hmm. a former black panther mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she and her sister are going to tell the story together which will uh highlight that you can have your own sister going to the same <laughs> uh club it was labeled blind pig later uh same club could have such different experiences, although they, they were similar and same, but they're the, just if they went to another corner, it was something else happening. So uh, imagine all of the people that are still with us that lived through that time, each have a memory, each have an experience. And uh, so these, these, these it, in no way do these five stories or storytellers um, can tell the whole thing, but when we put all five of them together, we begin to see some recurring themes. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk about those themes. One of the things that come up. Um, well, one of the things that come up is the the oppression of black people. Um, just the daily. One of the stories told by uh, Dr. Reverend Gary Bennett. It starts out. He and his two brothers and a friend are in a 1966 convertible, and they're relaxed. And one of them. You know what? We haven't seen any police. That's odd. We're, I haven't seen any either today. And they they go on to talk about how they have never, ever not seen the police since eight years old. <laughs> the police have been stopping them, putting guns at their head. And they're like, where are they? And when they turn up 12th at Claremont, they can see the, the blind, the, pet, the people are being loaded into the paddy wagons. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, the, the, the vivid, again, the vivid detail that people have still in their minds about that day and the days after it. And then, of course, about the feelings that they had at the time and over the last 50 years. It really is mind-blowing. I mean, it, it is a good reminder to those of us 
who weren't old enough to remember what happened in, in 1967. It's a good reminder of how pivotal an event mm-hmm. that was in this community. And it's also interesting or uh, that that it was traumatic, but there was no psychologist that came and talked to the people. Right. And in fact, Loretta, when she talks about being in the paddy wagon, she still hyperventilates. She's, she's, you know, so that's PTSD, (laughs) but we don't, we, you know, it was like, it, it, it was like three days and it was over. No, 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 it wasn't. Yeah. Um, Everyone has been carrying that around with them for 50 years. Yes. With, um, and then, and then again, what was it? Was it a riot, uprising, rebellion, protest? What was it? Each of those descriptions tells a different story. So every some people think of it as a riot, but I, I after I listen to these stories and more, I listen to your show particularly leading up to this, and I'm hearing that probably it was a combination of all of that. Sure, it and was, and it really depends, as all things do, on the chair you're sitting in and the perspective you have from that chair. Mm-hmm. If you if you witnessed the people breaking store windows and taking stuff, it seemed a more a lot more like a riot. But I think if you were part of the African-American community that that was putting up with the things that we were putting up with then and and had had enough of of those things, it seemed a lot more like a a rebellion. And and I and and again, the idea of narrative, the idea of storytelling gets us to those those perspectives from Mm -hmm. from those different seats. Mm -hmm. One of our storytellers uh, whose father was a historian, Daniel Baxter, uh, his father was terribly misquoted, uh, and his phone just started ringing off the hook in 1971 when he was quoted as saying, "Oh, those niggas, they just you know shooting up everything, and O.C. and Sweetie wasn't nothing but a nigga, and all of that." I don't know whether I can say that. Yeah, well, I, 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 I mean, okay, so N word, <laughs> it's just so N word. Okay, but um. But he gets to redeem his father uh, because the newspaper printed it mm-hmm. and the phone was ringing. Did you say that? about? And he sits his son down and tells him what happened. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that we it's important to know our history. It's important to tell our own story, uh, because if we don't tell it, someone else will tell it for us. And no one can tell your story and like you. Often they will get it wrong. They will get it wrong or frame it from a perspective that doesn't really represent, you know, all the nuances, the depth of that particular person's experience. Yeah. So um, it was also, you know, a little, a lot of times when I'm doing shows on race or these heavy issues, it's it's sometimes it's the, the funniest shows of all. But for me, as I work with the storytellers, I often say, is there any hope? Is there any hope? <laughs> and then you put put it in front of an audience and they just they find the hope. They're like, ah, that's uh, because it strikes um, a chord. But I don't know whether change is going to happen at the level of policy or politicians or who's leading what I think uh, transformation really happens at the level of the individual. Sure. So um, if we can come together and share our stories and hear the humanity and, and, and the, the, what connects us is, is, is that we bleed, that we lose, that we win. And if we can sort of break down those barriers, um, maybe 
possibly right. <laughs> uh, some individual transformation can happen. And then whatever position you occupy of responsibility in terms of policy, you're a transformed mind being de- dealing with those policies. You don't have to sit like Paul Ryan. Well, I don't know whether I would have taken me. You know whether you would have taken a meeting with the Russians. You're a lie. Everybody's lying. And everybody knows everybody's lying. We're watching it like it's a TV show. Like, But what else can, what else I, you know, I, I mean, it, I, I used to watch Designated Survivor to, for entertainment, you know. Oh, this, oh, that's so, you know, and when I turn it off, that wouldn't be what's happening in the United States. And then this. Not so fantastic. It's now. like, well, Designated Survivor should really, you know, I, I would be more comfortable with that show. Right. Because <laughs> right. at least we win in the end, you know. Yeah, that's right. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. My guest is Satori Shakur, host of Secret Society of Twisted Storytellers and WDET's Twisted Storytellers podcast. We're talking about the event that she's hosting tomorrow, July 21st at 8 p.m. at the Charles H. Wright Museum, uh, inviting Detroiters and Metro Detroiters to tell their stories on the night the violence began in the July of 1967 here in the city of Detroit. Satori, I want to give you a chance to talk about that time in the city. You were alive at that point. I was, I was not, uh, but, um, but, but you were a young, a young child when, when this all happened. Talk about, talk about what you remember and, and how it's affected you over, over 50 years, how those memories shape who you are now. I was 12 and I lived on the east side on Fisher Street between Vernon and Kirchville. Uh, and I know it started on 12th and Claremont now, but it seemed that it started. My, and it? I watched it from my porch because we all, as kids, had we had to be in by dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, but I sat, sat on my porch with my stepmother, Sadie, as I often did, sit on the glider. And uh, I, we were watching this guy run down the street with a cash register. And Sadie said, that's Ambrose's cash register. And it's like, yeah, because everybody knew that heavy black cash register sat there and, you know, saw the little numbers come up. (laughs) And that and uh, we saw the burning and then the tanks. And at 12, I'm and my girlfriends, we still were with our little dolls and we would pick out a one of the National Guardsmen and pretend we were going to marry him. (laughs) And so it was a romanticized version because there was nothing in our memory or in our experience of anything leading up to that. It's just, it happened. Mm -hmm. And, and then it was, it was gone. And, and then I, of course I was in seventh grade at Butzel junior high school. So then now these people, H rap Brown SDS started recruiting there in at Butzel junior high school. So I joined the black Panthers. I joined the black Panthers to sing Uh at the rallies. Mm -hmm. And I had a, was in a three girl group. One of the, with uh, one of Martha Reeves, ba- her baby sister, Pinky. <laughs> and we had a three-girl group. We went to 579 on Woodward, got our little matching outfits, accused of stealing. <laughs> no, we bought this. Look at the receipt. And we it was just part of life to be accused of stealing. We would get mad. Well, they didn't even apologize. And then we would get up there and sing, sing, sing. But then the police opened fire on the headquarters up there on Mac. Mm-hmm. And my mother said, you ain't going to be singing no you're, more. You're done with this. Rallies, you know, yeah. and I'm like, I'm with you, Ma. Let me just go back to playing violin and yeah. I'll wear an afro and do the struggle <laughs> some other kind of way. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a really, again, a really vivid remem- remembering of, of what happened. 
do you feel like there are things you think now? Do you feel like there are things you do now that reflect that incident, that reflect the feelings that you got from being there for all of this? Well, it, it wasn't a trauma for me. Uh, and maybe it was just a process of denial. Maybe it was a process of just a kid trying to figure out what's... Kids try to just make sense yeah, make of things sense of however it. So, they can. Yeah, so let me play with my doll and pretend I'm going to... And then I, you go to school and all of a sudden people are passing out and you just... And Motown is happening at the same time. It was just a rich political time. You know, you start wearing the afros, the fists, the dashikis. You know, like I was in that moment of activism. Mm -hmm. So that has shaped my whole future. Um, my, You know, shaped my life when I lived in Los Angeles during the Rodney King riots. I was part of the activism there, the artists um, doing all these, this activism uh all the things there. And so I, I guess, um, you know, activism, I, like I always say this, a professor, Dr. Ron Aronson, Wayne State University, there is no hope without activism. Yeah, yeah. So there has to be some doing, some kind of, you know. Yeah, so I didn't even know that I was being an activist. It was just, <laughs> hey, kids, and you got, oh, you're just a ball of energy. Really? All right. You know, you're just, oh, I'll be a Black Panther. and. Yeah. And so, yeah. Okay. Satori Shakur, host of Secret Society of Twisted Storytellers and WDET's Twisted Storytellers podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank on you. Detroit today. Thank you. And reminder that event uh, is open to the public tomorrow, July 21st at 8 p.m. at the Charles H. Wright Museum. Detroiters and Metro Detroiters telling their stories of the night the violence began in July of 1967. All right, up next, we're going to talk about the art of rebellion at the Detroit Institute of Arts. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Thank you.